Hi there, I'm Mike Pereira, and he's Michael Clark. Together we're the hosts of Mid-Credit Scene, a podcast about movies. And this is a Mid-Credit Minute, a kind of bonus mini-episode where we talk about big, important things, like snacks, double features, and more. In this episode, we're talking with Dave Meehan and Tom O'Connor from the Sound Effect Podcast. Now, you guys are bringing up these scenes and movies, but you're yeah. also bringing up singles. Uh, what's your favorite soundtrack? I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, go Tom. First. Yeah, Tom, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I have two. Uh, and and you just a minute ago, Mike, talked about the 90s. So as a moment of me growing as a human being, um, I don't think there's a soundtrack for me that hit more and still to me is a definitive soundtrack than uh, train spotting. Uh, mm. And every moment of that soundtrack, I think is glorious. Uh, and then, um, uh, and I think get shorty uh, it has, is a completely underrated soundtrack from that same era. Um, there's also a great soundtrack called stealing beauty uh, movie from the nineties with, Oh, I love um, Jeremy Jeremy Irons playing, of course, a pervy old man, uh, and it's got like just a plethora of amazing songs. If six was nine, superstition, glory box, baby don't care, um, and another one I think is underrated is the uh, Hannah movie with uh, the chem by, done by the Chemical Michael Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, another yeah. great one for yeah. sure. But those are like my big four. Yeah, yeah. Only four, right? Well, Only four. We, we asked you to pick one. You went four hundred percent over. <laughs> yeah, so. no, Everyone, yeah, I right. can't. I'm a keener. I'm a keener. I, I cannot narrow it down to one either. So it's all good. Yeah, uh, uh, Dave. Dave, what about you? Um, same thing. Well, like I mentioned, I mentioned Gladiator and the Social Network. It's going to be the Rush. It's going to be the Rush documentary. <laughs> it's going to be- no, come on, come on, Tom. Uh, yeah, Social Network and Gladiator. Just obviously two very different soundtracks. Um, the Gladiator soundtrack just was one of those movies I still think works so perfectly. Ridley and Zimmer just worked so closely together on those themes and making those those sounds. And yeah, uh, yeah. And final song, uh, you know, when he's leaving the the Coliseum, and that song is playing. Like God, that makes me no, not gonna cry because <laughs> you don't do that. So. <laughs> Is there some it's, dust in the air in here? Yeah. Oh, man. God. Every time. <laughs> so, but yeah. And the social network is just one of those. I'm almost rocking out with it yeah. the whole time. So there's a, and a couple other ones too. I've all, I always loved the Crow soundtrack. I thought that was great as far oh, as, yeah. as far as songs go. On my list for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Uh, and two other ones that kind of brought like the Mortal Kombat soundtrack from the the first one. Yeah. Uh, first, I first that. time. I have first time. Here. First time techno music was really used, and for me, I kind of gravitated to that more aggressive, uh, faster beats. And again, a great use of that that video game techno in yeah. the in the sound for some ridiculous themes too. You know, like the the scene where they're walking, and he throws a lizard into the wall, and all of a sudden it turns into reptile, and the beats start, and you hear reptile, and I'm like, <laughs> what is going on here? But I love this. Um, and then another great use of, uh, and I get to go into my diatribe now of how Blade saved the Marvel Universe. I love the Blade soundtrack. 
the very first Blade movie is another great use of uh, rap and techno and works really well in the in the movie as well. So yeah, I'll go with those uh, four or five. I went 500%. The Blade soundtrack was the first soundtrack I downloaded illegally off of LimeWire. <laughs> Good for uh, you. And it and it was it was it, it was because it, it may have been the Blade Two trailer uh, used some like I, I know it has a name because I I it's still on a hard drive here somewhere. Yeah, but it was yeah. like one of those dubstep uh, yeah. like house music things, and it has been used a thousand times in trailers since. Well, but the like, fir- the first the first Blade trailer uh, features New Order's Confusion. It's like and it's just. So good in the trailer like i can watch the trailer i'll still pull it up on youtube now and then i've watched it a thousand times and it's in that opening scene in the movie which i think is probably the greatest first act of any action movie not any movie but any action movie i still think it holds up and just again use of music in that scene is so well the drops the beats the the highs the lows they just do it so well in that movie Hundred percent. Oh, it's over to me. Uh, so I, I would have a hard time narrowing <laughs> this down. I, I, you know, I mean, um, one of my. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of the era that we're that we haven't talked a lot about of of, of the '90s soundtrack, where you can really clearly tell that the soundtrack is an event in of itself. It has. There's somebody else making the soundtrack. They're feeding the music to the directors. The directors are just like, we just need some music for this stuff. So uh, Last Action Hero always comes to mind for me. You've got uh, Def Leppard, Megadeth, Queensryche, ACDC, Cypress Hill, That's Fishbone. Tom's favorite album. <laughs> oh, it's a, it was a great soundtrack in a, in a, in a soundtrack that, that exceeds the film by a substantial margin. <laughs> um, but how, how much how much of that came from how Guns N' Roses was used in that Terminator 2 soundtrack? Like in the movie, right? Mm, like that's right. those are great that's right. scenes. They are the great scenes, and, and nothing comes close in Last Action Hero, but there are some great <laughs> songs on the soundtrack. The yeah. one that I love probably the one of the one of my favorite ones to talk about. I did a so I did a whole episode of the Devil's Cut on uh bad movies with great soundtracks. And uh my my pinnacle, which I consider the peak of the soundtrack as a thing is uh, the Batman Forever soundtrack, which I adore. U2, Brandy, PJ Harvey, crazy. But only five of the songs on the soundtrack are actually in the movie. So the soundtrack is is almost its own own thing. It has almost nothing to do with it, but it's a phenomenal soundtrack to listen to. Yeah, that U2 Um, song is probably, it's probably my Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me is probably my favorite U2 song. It's amazing. No, that yeah. whole thing, like you've got you've got Michael Hutchins covering Iggy Pops the Passenger on there. Uh the offspring covering the damned is on there. Like it's it's flaming lips are on there. Yeah. That soundtrack is like someone looked at that movie and just went, This thing's gonna suck, but not the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, you know, in terms of I, I mean, uh one that really comes to mind anytime I think about soundtracks and the way that the soundtrack was used to great effect in the film uh is Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. Oh great. Soundtrack yeah, yeah, end to end is phenomenal. Yeah. But it's also got a ton of relevant like Guy Ritchie really used music to a great effect subtly and then not so subtly in that film the whole way through that it it's a it's one of the tops for me. It's phenomenal. better than Snatch, you think? No, what I love about that tough call. I like the music 
probably a little better. Um, I, I always found the use of Lucky Star in Snatch just a bit grating because he was <laughs> dating Madonna at the time. And the fact that, uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm forgetting his name now. The guy, hey, former I'm soccer player. Oh, uh, uh, Vinny, uh, Vinny, yeah. Vinny, Vinny, Jones. Jones. Vinny Jones. The fact that he comments on this, how much he loves Lucky Star as a song just kind of bothered me. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna take points away for the for that moment where it's just a little too gratuitous for me. But uh, but that always reminds me of the, uh, well, the, the scene from American Psycho where he's going on about sports and Huey Lewis in the news, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like they're almost a, akin to each other. I, I and what I loved about Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels was also the fact that he like goes and gets his favorite band and puts them as the number the first song on the album uh despite the fact that i'm sure the record company was like seriously no one knows who ocean color scene is and he was like i don't really care that they're going yeah. on the album and it's like he just owns it uh, and like there's some really obscure songs on that record uh so you listen to it you're one of those ones that had we had shazam at the time we would have been shazamming it right like because there's yeah. a lot of like really obscure songs where you're like what is this that's a great soundtrack yeah. i somebody somebody messaged me i posted about it one day and somebody uh posted back on, on twitter that they were like the lock stock and two smoke and barrel soundtrack was what introduced them to james brown they were like this is how i mm -hmm. i discovered james brown was through this soundtrack and um yeah it's it's such a great one so for me that that one was the tops but uh awesome. you know you were you were talking though about industrial ones like one that always jumps out to me there were, there were two that i think feed each other one is the judgment night soundtrack where they fuse was, metal bands that was, and hip hop been on my my mind the whole time <laughs> yeah. and then spawn right where they fuse yep. oh, like yeah. industrial bands uh you know and um yeah, you had filter and uh, judgment. You had filter and Chemical Brothers, Crystal uh, Method. Yeah, Chris, or sorry, Chris, yeah, Crystal Method. Yeah, and, Corn uh, and the filter. Dust Brothers. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It, it, it was, it was. Uh, uh, Teenage uh, Fan Club a, and De La Soul. Yep. Oh yeah. Right. Teenage Fan Club, De La Soul. De La terrible movie. Almost a, a harbinger of <laughs> terrible movie. The bad, the bad things that were going to come for the next ten years, like <laughs> five, six, seven years. Well, but uh, yeah, yeah no, Limp Biscuit was... was at home in a garage going, whoa, this wait a second, guys, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you, you mentioning Iggy Pop's The Passenger, just like I had a sense memory wash over me. And this could be a whole episode on its own of music use in trailers. Iggy yeah. Pop's The Passenger was the song that convinced me to see the movie uh the weatherman with nicholas cage which not a lot of people saw and no. um it's just a it's a movie about nicholas cage being a sad weatherman and michael Caine yeah. plays his dad who's dying and it's a very sad family-oriented drama but the trailer uses iggy pops the passenger um to such a terrific extent uh, but it sets the wrong tone for what the actual movie is. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, and I saw that. Guys, the, the, same... guy, the guy who makes the trailer is like, dude, I just got to make a trailer. I'm just trying to yeah. sell this movie. All right. So shut up. <laughs> we, we own the rights to Iggy Pops the Passenger. No one's used that in many years. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, and I saw that the same year as and I can't even remember the name of the movie, but there was a movie where Pierce Brosnan played an assassin and Greg Kinnear played a dentist who like gets caught up in his assassination. Oh God, yes. I vaguely and, remember that, yeah. And Heat of the Moment by Asia plays at a key moment in that movie. Oh. And it 
rocks. It like I think that I, I can guarantee you the use of that song in that movie made me go out and buy a secondhand copy of that album, and I still have it. And I stand by. Not a lot of people will stand by that album, but I'll stand by that album just for the sense memory of like being in a movie theater in Ottawa in 2005 watching that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing you back to a time when Greg Kin- when Greg Kinnear was going to be a star. That's Remember right. that every movie, Greg Kinnear. This is the oh, one. Yeah. This is He's the your everyman. Is- He's your everyman. Right. He is. That reminded and me Paul though. Of- Red- and Paul Rudd said, "Hold my beer." <laughs> right. I got this. <laughs> one of us right. is timeless, buddy, and it ain't you. That's it. That's right. <laughs> I uh, that that did remind me though when you were bringing up the Iggy Pop thing and, and just the, the the tone of movies and one song specifically that jumped to mind was um, uh, and I'm gonna forget both the name of the song and the artist, but it's uh, you know the final scene in Donnie Darko. Ma- oh, Mad World. Yeah, the Gary Jules yeah. cover mm-hmm. of Mad World where he just slows it down to just a piano thing. And I was like, Jesus, what an effective like turn on that song. Uh, but that's another movie with a phenomenal soundtrack. Yeah. Um, yeah. My favorite soundtracks, I'm going to go by just what, with, which, what is it within reach? Um, uh, the Thing, Ennio uh, mm-hmm. Morricone, uh, with mm-hmm. heavy influence from John Carpenter. I love all of John Carpenter's weird synth music uh, and the fact that the thing is probably the best soundtrack for many of his films, and it's the one that he didn't do, uh, and that Tarantino just reused it for Hateful Eight. Um, but that's that's such a, a great kind of what we were talking about with Zimmer and the the way he's kind of gone atmospheric, like the tension building in that soundtrack is spectacular, uh, or in that score. In terms of soundtracks, uh, Beetlejuice, I have my special edition uh, Beetlejuice vinyl, the combination of Elfman's score and Harry Belafonte uh, uh, music uh, is just um, terrific. Uh, But my favorite soundtrack was also my first soundtrack for my money, one of the best soundtracks. It is the Muppet movie. Uh, It is the best. All of the Muppet movies have spectacular soundtracks. I saw this coming. The Muppet movie is okay. far and away the best. Um, hot take number two from All Tom right. tonight. Go. Michael, here it is. <laughs> okay. The greatest theme song ever. And the greatest upset and the greatest, like people talk about Citizen Kane not winning. No, no, no. Rainbow Connection not winning best song of the year is the, the, the biggest mistake the Oscars ever and- made. Losing to some nothing song from Norma Ray. Oh. Absolute trash. The fact that the Muppets have only ever been nominated for three Academy Awards, they're all songs, and the one they won for was Muppet or a Man, which is not the best song from that Muppet movie. Oh, uh, is yeah, just- if, you, if you listen to the covers of Rainbow Connection that people do, oh. they're outstanding. They're outstanding. They're beautiful. You realize... What a beautifully crafted song it is. Like from start to end, that song is meticulously, it's just, it's just wonderful. And the fact that it didn't win is to me uh, just a horrible mistake in, of my, uh, in the history of film. One of my favorite covers is Vonda Shepard uh, for the Ally McBeal mm. soundtrack. And I remember nothing about Ally McBeal except for the episode where Vonda Shepard covers. <laughs> Rainbow Connection. Uh, Rainbow Connection is one of my emotional triggers. It doesn't matter where I am, what I'm doing, what mood I'm in. As soon as I hear it, I will cry. 
I love that. It's your yeah. desperado. It's your desperado. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Also, like one of the best openings for a film, just like the slow pan through the clouds as we slowly descend into the swamp from swamp. like 30,000 feet into an extreme close up of Kermit the Frog on his banjo. Uh, it just, it kills me. The only cross legged on a log. Exactly. Yep. I, 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 I find that the only things that, that make me cry are a, some combination of music and uh, something that shouldn't make me emotional at all like rainbow connection and the muppets um winnie the pooh and really any sense of music that that christopher robin movie that came out a couple years ago wrecked me five minutes in i was just bawling as a as a grown adult sitting in a theater that was mostly children that wasn't a good one. <laughs> and and like any any um brass instrument against a spaceship flying through space like james horner's original scores for the star trek movies like mm -hmm. rathacon or or michael uh gh uh, chino's um updated yeah. score for uh star trek uh, 2009 like yeah. just big instrument like the sound of space is horns and strings uh, and it just makes me cry every goram time but yes i 100 agree tom Biggest upset in in uh, Academy Award history. Sorry, was that a Firefly reference? I was there? just gonna say that. Yes. <laughs> I just caught that. Uh, the like speaking of a great Serenity. soundtrack, oh, great soundtrack for Serenity for sure. Yeah, the whole TV show had a beautiful, beautiful oh, soundtrack. Yeah. It was yeah. so good. Violin, a, a lone violin playing uh, is just like yeah, I'm in in space. Uh, in space? in space, oh yeah! <laughs> Come on! In space, it's probably going to be one of those cool. Like, it, you remember in Starship Troopers, uh, someone plays a violin, but it's like a space violin, so it's clear plastic, yeah, yeah. and only half yeah, of it yeah. is there. That's, That's right. It is Jake <laughs> Busey who it's plays. Jake Busey. <laughs> just, just so we're clear, just to rob that of yeah. the classy That's right. beauty, it is Jake oh, Busey who plays. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Sorry, Jake. We love you. <laughs> Your dad's crazy. He's not coming on the podcast. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, One of the questions you had was most overlooked soundtrack. And oh, yeah. I always loved mm. the soundtrack to the Wesley Snipes movie, Passenger 57 by Stanley Clark. That is a it's, classic it is flick. So it, it's got that because he's a bass player. and it's got, So it's got that funk throughout the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, orchestral strings. And then back to the funk. It's just <laughs> so good. And I'll throw it on every now and then. And it's like, yeah. Right I haven't on. thought so, about that one in a long time. And I don't think I've ever thought about the soundtrack to that one. But yeah. I watched it a lot when it like came out. Like, I love that movie when it came yeah, out. Yeah, no. It, I, like, I remember seeing that in the theater and just being enamored. And like, when I saw that Stanley Clark was, the, he's, he's writing soundtracks now. And I went out and bought the soundtrack. Or, actually, no, friends gave it to me for my birthday. That's right. I got the cassette. And uh, yeah, that's probably one of my earlier soundtrack loves. Right on. Yeah. Tom, do you have an, like an overlooked soundtrack? Soundtrack that nobody gives enough um, credit to? If I were to go with a, if I were to go with a underappreciated soundtrack, there was this movie that came out um, 2011. Um, I like... Dave will vouch for this. I like really depressing films. I go for a real good depressing film. And uh, 2011, there was a movie called 
like crazy that came out. Um, you know, guy and girl on other sides of the world fall in love. Uh, and then essentially the whole movie is them falling out of love, uh, only for the ending to be when their papers finally get processed and they end up together at the end of the movie. But by this point, they don't love each other anymore. Uh, and there's a beautiful soundtrack in that by Dustin O'Halloran, who just does this one single piano. Uh, and it's great for the whole soundtrack. But then at the end, there's just this scene that's that's almost akin to another great soundtrack, by the way, the end of The Graduate, when they're both sitting there at the back of the bus, obviously no longer in love. It's the same at the end of Like Crazy. They are just... They're in a shower together and they would obviously rather be anywhere else in the world, but in that shower together and this just lone piano playing in the background. It's just like, dude, you scored this perfectly, just absolutely perfectly. So that to me is always one that the movie just got kind of forgotten about and people kind of slammed it. But I remember in retrospect, just thinking it's a great soundtrack and just a great, just a great score in general. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Mike? My underrated one uh, is um, the, the score for the film Charade from 1963. Uh, and it's it's also my answer for obscure film. Audrey, Audrey Hepburn at the beginning of her career, Cary Grant at the end of his career, soundtrack by Henry Mancini. And uh, it was nominated for an Academy Award for uh, Best Original Song, so maybe it's not that obscure. But in terms of Mancini, it has been incredibly overshadowed by the Pink Panther. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that, you know, it's a, it's a romantic heist sort of movie that they don't really make anymore. And it's a very sixties sounding soundtrack and it's Mancini. So it's, it's very quirky. Um, and I love the Pink Panther, but I think that Charade has a bit more, uh, it's not burdened by the legacy that the Pink Panther, uh, soundtrack has, has, um, had attached to it. Right on. That came up in our first episode, I think, didn't it? Charade uh, is a movie that almost no one has seen that I absolutely love. And mine, uh, so so there, I'm, I'm going to pick two because I'm going to cheat. So one is uh, uh, an album I really like from a movie that no one cares about, which is She's the One. Uh, not a great, uh, it's an Ed Burns film. Um, not an awesome film, but Tom Petty did the whole soundtrack. He wrote the soundtrack and they recorded it live off the floor uh uh for that movie so they got a screening of the film tom Pe or, uh, ed burns asked him to do one song and he wrote a whole album uh i really love the other one though that i think is a soundtrack that resonates with me uh from a film that we all forgot about is the men with brooms soundtrack which is an oh, all yeah. canadian soundtrack you got sarah harmer in the tragically hip kathleen edwards uh our lady peace new pornographers um and uh you know it's Paul Gross doing Paul Gross, so it's hyper Canadian. But uh, uh, there's some great tracks on there. But the the lead track on it with uh, Silver Road with Sarah Harmer playing with the Tragically Hip is such a beautiful little song, and it it fits really well in the film. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like nobody remembers Men with Brooms. That's a great movie. <laughs> Another great soundtrack that's impossible to find is the Do South uh, soundtrack for mm. the TV show. Paul yeah, Gross yeah. was a music guy and like that yeah, soundtrack, yeah. It, like it's got the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald on there. Paul Gross sings a couple covers of like, uh, you know, country and folk songs. And, and it's just like all the music that they used on the show over four seasons. And it's a great little bit of Canadiana. Um, 
on a on a related note if you ever want to really i don't know if it's it's the kind of thing you can never just sit and listen to uh but a really really cool uh score is another so leslie nelson was in man with brooms um uh he's also one of his early early films is forbidden planet it's an early science fiction film it's kind of a loose telling of the tempest in space yeah but uh, the score is this really unique kind of like psychedelic score that was like one of the first electronic scores. So it's all electronic tones and a lot of, you know, like sort of really whirring kind of mechanical sounds and digital sounds blended together. And it's a pretty experimental kind of score for its time. Um, uh, and, and I mean, a, a wonderful film. Back when Leslie Nielsen was doing serious straight man performances, not being comedic. Like Swamp Fox and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are uh, share you guys are sharing some Canadian love. I I also feel uh, Michael Brook uh, needs a shout out. He did uh, uh, Into the Wild, uh, mm, the, yeah. the Fighter, uh, and one of my favorite movies from probably the last ten years, Brooklyn. He did the amazing score for that too. Uh, just lives up mm. in Toronto and just kind of quietly goes about his business, making some great great scores out of out of Toronto. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Soundtrack cool. to One Week is another great Canadian soundtrack, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy that. Awesome. Yeah. Don't miss our full chat with Dave and Tom about music and the Academy Awards on Midtown Radio or anywhere you get your podcasts. The show can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Mid Scene. We'll see you at the movies.